0: Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 465. Our guest today, Patricia Heaton, is one of TV's most recognizable and beloved moms. Our Not Old Better Show audience will know she's won two Emmys for her starring role as Deborah Barone on the long-running comedy... Everybody Loves Raymond, and followed that career-making role with another gem as Frances Heck on the popular sitcom The Middle. Now, she returns to television as the lead in the new series, Carol's Second Act, which follows divorced 50-year-old Carol Kenny, played by Patricia Heaton, who, after raising two children and retiring as a teacher, decides to finally pursue her dream of becoming a doctor.
1: Hello. Everyone, you must be the internal medicine residents. Yes, ma'am. I'm Carol Kenny, and I waited a long time for this day.
0: To be chief resident?
1: Me? No, 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 I'm an intern, just like you. But you're older, yes, I know. So why med school? My marriage fell apart. My husband went off to find himself, and now he's sleeping on his sister's futon, and I'm a doctor, so life is good.
0: Yes, life is good. And Patricia Heaton and her character Carol knows what it's like to stage a second act and navigate pivotal transitions in life. Just like Carol, when Heaton's children left the nest, she found herself in a new and unfamiliar stage of life, compelling her to evaluate which direction to take next. All of us in the Not Old Better Show audience will relate. Which direction do we take next? Well, Patricia Heaton discovered... She had the time to pursue passions that were previously placed on hold, both personally and professionally. Patricia Heaton made her move and took a step forward in her career. And for the first time, Heaton is not only the star of her own show, but also the executive producer. Patricia Heaton also now finds her greatest fulfillment in using her influence to support humanitarian efforts, such as Celebrity Ambassador for World Vision, the world's largest non-governmental organization. She and her husband support their work in poverty relief around the globe, something that was planted in her heart long ago. Through her own experience, Patricia Heaton became curious about other people's stories of second-act transitions and ways to offer support in the process. In her new book, which is getting excellent reviews, Your Second Act, Patricia Heaton shares wisdom from her own personal journeys, as well as insight from stories of numerous people across the country, from work to health to love and more. The results are heartwarming, inspiring, and surprisingly relatable. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better show via internet phone, Patricia Heaton. Patricia Heaton, welcome to the program. Thank you. It is so nice to speak with you. Your new book, Your Second Act, is excellent. i got—I got to tell you, just right out of the gate, it's getting great reviews. But maybe tell us a little bit about what is it at this point in your life that makes you feel so upbeat and so confident about your second act? I—I, I, I, We could use some advice from you, and I guess maybe one of the pieces of advice might be to just not be a passive observer, right?
1: Yes, I've found, particularly during this pandemic, um, that what makes people anxious is they feel like there's nothing they can do about it to affect any change. But I've, I have a number of friends whose livelihoods are about working with underserved communities here in Los Angeles. And so I've been able to go out during this pandemic and work on skid row, go to homeless camps, uh, work at a church that has a drive through food line Uh, that's been serving hundreds of thousands of people. Um, So I think that that has helped me sort of navigate the pandemic because I feel like I'm doing something to make sure somebody else is okay. If I can affect the lives of a couple other people during this pandemic, then it gives me sort of a sense of a little bit of control but generally speaking i tend to be a positive person and i also there's a couple factors i mean i i wouldn't have gone into the entertainment industry if i didn't have the sense of adventure or like a challenge and so those you know and the, the, i'm in a very challenging industry but i kind of thrive on that um i think an early experience I had of my mother dying when I was 12, fairly suddenly, um, let me know early on that nothing is guaranteed in life and that we need to really seize the day, as they say, carpe diem, because nothing's guaranteed to us. And it also taught me that, listen, bad things will happen to you in your life know that but I also saw that good things can happen too and I've had a wonderful life despite that early trauma so I think all those things have helped me when times like this come along I'm not completely shocked and I'm not overpowered by challenging situations because I've already been through a really major one And I've come through on the other side. And so I know that there's always somebody there that's going to help you through. Like Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers in times like these. And they are out there. And what's even better, if you can be that helper. So I think that that's helped me. I'm also, I'm a Christian. I have a deep faith. I ultimately know that God is in charge of everything. So. For me, I never feel, even when these very difficult times have come, and, you know, this pandemic came, the show that inspired this book was canceled, (laughs) Carol's second act, after one season. My deal at CBS was not renewed. You know, a lot of this kind of stuff is happening to me during this pandemic. The movie we were working on had to be shut down with five days left of filming. but that's life. You know, I kind of know that that's life that challenges happen and it's how we grow as human beings and it's how we become stronger as we face these challenges hopefully face them with people you love and um you overcome and you grow.
0: Thank you for that. And that that's lovely. You you really do come across as somebody who's so positive. Your roles have always been so positive too and and so family oriented. I want to ask you about your cookbook, because that seems to be so family oriented, too. I know my audience is just going to they're going to relate to cooking with their grandchildren and enjoying family in that big Broadway. And so are you still doing a bunch of that, even though you're kind of an empty dester? you still getting out there and cooking and enjoying that part of your world?
1: Well, the empty nest got really full quickly after the pandemic hit. So two of, <laughs> two of my sons I were working relate. on the movie with us and when we had to shut down they came back to los angeles and then um a third son was in los angeles living you know at school here and um he ended up leaving his apartment and coming back so i now have three people here and (laughs) they have sort of too easily fell fallen back into what are we having for dinner mom And I, I was sort of like, you know, we're not, you're not in the sixth grade anymore. This isn't the same place that it used to be. But um, I still have been doing some cooking, um, not as much. It's its interesting because even though we're locked down and a lot of us don't have work, I find my day is very filled. So um, with there still seems to be a lot of things to do and not enough hours in the day to do them um, of just, I don't know. I can't even. Well, I've also filled up my time with I'm t- doing like a, a language app where I'm learning Spanish and I'm doing a music app where I'm learning piano. So I'm trying to take advantage of this time, as many people are, to kind of yeah, invest in, in areas of interest that I didn't have time for before. Um, so I am doing some cooking and we try to do at least Sunday Um, do a nice sort of afternoon Sunday roast because my husband's British and he kind of grew up with that nice kind of roast and uh, um, popovers uh, or puddings as they call them and you know some nice veg so I still try to do a little bit and I I have to say it's been very very nice having everybody (laughs) home
0: (laughs) we've got my wife and I have two boys and we've got everybody home with us too so yeah the kitchen the kitchen is a is a scene unto itself. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> a, that's right. That's the center of it everything. Is.
0: Well, sounds like you're making some great choices and, and doing some some interesting things with your life, with uh, language and uh, also with uh, working on various projects. But with respect to the book and with respect to Second Acts particularly, you feel like you're being more selective with some of these choices, and is that kind of the advice about this time in our lives?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I feel like a second act can happen at any time in your life. I think I mentioned uh, sort of earlier in the book, uh, a, a friend I met who was a stylist uh, in the men's music industry and left to go to school and become a therapist. <laughs> Probably being in the music industry drove him into going into therapy, <laughs> but because um, it's, a, it's a tough industry, but um you know, so so it doesn't. You don't have to wait until you're, say, in my age, in your 60s, to to want to make a change. It can happen at any time. But I do think that at my age, you know, if God willing, I have 30 more good years left, which would be a lot. That would be a lot. Um, I do want to make sure that I'm spending those precious days doing what I'm meant to be doing here, doing something important that is helping someone else, whether it's a movie I'm making that lightens a person's day after they see it or opens their eyes to something, or whether I'm doing work with World Vision uh, and helping to bring clean water to people. I just want to make sure that I'm not wasting those precious 30 years. And it's easy to waste time now with social media, you know, just scrolling through Instagram or Twitter or, you know, doing some game uh, on your phone. It's very easy to waste time. So, um, but I'm hoping that, y- you know, I'm doing as much as I can mm-hmm. with the time I have left.
0: I get it. Absolutely. I- I'm, I'm 63. And at this mm. point, I feel like I've learned a fair bit. And I think one of the things I've learned about is failure. And, and I think it's mm. helped me. It's helped me in this kind of this second act that, and I think it, it, it's helping a lot of our audience to understand what failure, what, what have you learned about failure that's helped you kind of stay the course?
1: Oh, failure is, yes, failure is the only way you learn. Failure is the only way you learn and mistakes you make. You have to learn from them. And um, it's hard, you, you know, to fail. Um, and the beauty of being in this entertainment industry and being an actor, you are constantly failing. You know, people go out for a lot of auditions and you don't get them and you prepare, you work really hard and you put your heart and soul into it and then you don't get it. And And it doesn't even mean that you aren't good or right for the part but it's somebody more famous got it because that's what sells internationally or whatever you know there's just all these things out of your control but yet every day you have to keep trying and when you're making a movie you put so many hours and so much money and so much care into something and you put it out there and you know some of these you know these movies will just sink like a stone and you know how much care you put into it, and so it's it's tough. But what I love about my industry is it it prepares you for life in general. The fact that you just have to keep plugging away, the fact that things can disappear overnight, you learn not to put too much trust and faith in those things. Well, hopefully <laughs> you learn that. Otherwise, you'll go crazy, you know. Um, and so I think. I think actors in particular are very prepared for things like a pandemic coming because we have little pandemics in our lives every day of things going south and never working out and having to work other jobs and trying to figure out a way to survive. That's our lives every day. And so I I feel particularly blessed to be in this industry, which is extremely difficult because I think it makes you a stronger person.
0: Well you mentioned service and you mentioned faith and uh mm-hmm. I like those I like those two areas. Well, as far as your second act is concerned, where does exercise fit for your physical and mental health? It's
1: super important. Um this month will be two years since I've had a drink. Wow. So I quit alcohol two years Congratulations. ago. Congratulations. I'm Irish thank mm-hmm. you. I'm Irish Catholic. <laughs> I love Urban like you would not believe. And um I'm like a maker's old-fashioned. It was like the thing that got me to the end of the day was knowing I could have that old-fashioned at the end of the day. so but I just saw that how easily it is to start drinking too much. It's just easy to do that, um, especially when you're older, and and some of your responsibilities, like your children, you know, they're out of the house. you don't have to worry about that. You know so it's just it's just easy to overdo it, and my sons are in their twenties, and I can tell it's going to be quite a long time before they get married and have children and I'm just hoping that I'm alive when it happens, and I want to make sure my brain is functioning, so I thought, you know I think I'll quit drinking just because I want to be as as alert as possible should I be blessed with grandchildren so um so that's those health factors are really important, I think, in enjoying, you know, my 60s and 70s and 80s. And so I've, since I've had the time, I've been and I, in California and most everybody has pools here. So I've been sw- swimming laps uh, a couple days a week. And I try to walk every day at least like three and a half miles. So and then trying to do a little weight training. So I, I've been focusing a lot on that while we've been in quarantine because I didn't want to. It's so it's so hard, you know, once you get out of shape, it's hard to get back into shape. And the pandemic was a very easy excuse to sit on the couch and eat ice cream and watch Netflix all day long. So, um, I, you know, I the other good thing about being in this industry, there's so much focus on how you look physically, which can be a bad thing. But it's also when you see yourself on camera. Um, it's a good, uh, impetus to stay healthy and try to keep in shape. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just feel better, you sleep better, hopefully. Um, and, uh, th- those things are really important. I really want to be able to enjoy every day fully, no matter what it brings, even with the bad things. I want to just be very mentally, physically, and spiritually present for every day that I'm given.
0: Thank you for that too. So out of your, your book, there's so many inspirational stories who inspires you on a daily basis
1: in my life. um, Mm -hmm. I think um, obviously the people in the book are wonderful and and, and a number of them are personal friends of mine. So they are always an inspiration. Um, The person who is my, Liaison and travel companion for World Vision. Her name's Catherine Compton, and she really is such a spiritual mentor to me. Um, she's a just a solid person. The way she travels around the world and gets through these international airports with with hapless Americans, you know, behind her trying to get us all into these different countries is amazing. And she's unflappable, and she's positive, and she's probably—I don't know—I think Catherine's in her seventies, and she's in charge of taking all these people over to various countries, and all the—you know—doing the logistics of getting everybody here and there. And she's she's just a calm, wonderful, positive presence in my life. Um, especially since, you know, I lost my mother when I was 12. And so to have someone like Catherine in my life is very significant for me. And, you know, one of the things she said to me that really stuck with me as we've been doing all these travels, she said, look, there's three things we're required to do in this life. Help the poor, help the poor, help the poor. And I thought that's very simple and that's doable. And that's what... I'm going to do that's what I'm going to do and as a Catholic um, you know I that's always I grew up with that but it was great to hear her say that again and to know that I can have both an acting career but also do this work with World Vision and hopefully when I leave the planet uh, some people's lives will be better because of my work with World Vision.
0: So. Well, thank you for all you do. Thanks for being such an inspiration yourself for the wonderful roles that uh, that you've brought to us and for the wonderful new book, Your Second Act. Patricia Heaton's been our guest. I know you've got a Facebook Live event coming up where you're going to be signing the mm-hmm. books. We're going to put links up to yes. that. That's exciting stuff, too.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Yes, and when one of the people in the book, Danny... Klein Modisette is going to be with me. So we'll be able to talk about her work with comedians and Alzheimer's patients.
0: That's going to be great. I want to put up links to where yeah. audience can find that and find more information about the book. But Patricia Heaton, thanks for your time. Stay well. Absolutely uh, enjoy that family while, while they're all there.
1: Thank you. I will. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for having me on. Bye-bye.
0: Yeah. Bye. My thanks to Patricia Heat for joining us today, talking about her new book, Your Second Act. This is a fantastic book. you got to check this out. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience, for your time. I know it's valuable. I appreciate you spending some of it with me. Remember, stay healthy. Practice smart social distancing. Enjoy your life and talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.